listening to Fox Sports Radio. Uh, good evening, everyone. As we're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios, and it's brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Torres and Spaniards sitting in for the great Bernie Fratto straight out of Vegas. And we're charging Bernie a heck of a lot. Free round trip to Vegas, a suite, and some gambling money. Does that sound about right there, Torres? That sound about good filling in for that? It sounds great. Two quick notes. Uh, yes. First, uh, Bernie is great, and if you do enjoy him, I'll be working with him. He's a real professional, by the way. Uh, I'll be working wow. with him on Monday uh, for Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. He has some other shifts throughout the week. Two, I know we got to get to the straight out of Vegas stuff. I have gotten a lot of DMs about James Harden jerseys here. So, oh my uh, god, you're fighting with everybody on Twitter. I see it's getting crazy. I, I'm done fighting, but uh, I have my five people picked as well as the entire staff. <laughs> but if he's the best player in the league, like Arnie says, it, there should be teams around the block lined up. I to had him the second best player, but that's oh boy, I can't get started. Twitter's like a slot machine. Stop it. Stop it. All there. Right. Um. A couple of things, because Steve Fezzik is going to join us uh, two-time, not once, but two-time Super Contest winner in Las Vegas. He has a lot to say about the games coming up this weekend or tomorrow. Sleepy will have his best pick um, of Week 16. And Mac, Mac and Odd Sports, will go through his NBA power ratings and who he likes uh, coming up. I just One simple question, we're not going to be able to answer it. We'll ask Fezzik this, and I don't even know if he can. Is Weeks 16 and 17 the easiest weeks to handicap games and two when it comes to the living against the dead and what i mean about that is you know one team's eliminated from the playoff race one team's not what are the you know what are the odds um against the spread like the 49ers were not going to the playoffs the cardinals had the playoffs on the line you think that i thought the cardinals were the best bet of the weekend i thought they were the best bet of the year minus five they lose by eight so how many of the teams just roll over and die? Look what happened to the Lions. They had nothing to play for. Tampa had a lot to play for. Tampa won by 40, and they could have won by 100 if they wanted to. Well, So, you know, what is the against the spread when it comes to the living against the dead? And what I'd be curious about is how much does that factor into a Vegas line, right? So, like, the Bears, eight-and-a-half-point favorites against Jacksonville. Jacksonville clearly has nothing to play for. As a matter of fact, they're incentivized to lose at this point. Bears have a ton to play for. Is that already baked into the line? Is that what the line would have been if there was no playoff implications? I think it's an interesting kind well, of place to start with Fezzik. Well, that that that's baked into the line, but my question is this now. Does the Bears line go up a little bit? Just a little bit because Arizona lost? Do people go, oh, wow, now the Bears are really pumped up. Arizona lost. They get that last playoff spot. I'll lay the eight, eight and a half, nine. They'll trounce Jacksonville. Well, sooner or later, that number is going to be a little bit too high. Does that number go up? Um just because Arizona lost, well, more people want to bet on the Bears than I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah, no, it's it's fascinating, and it's just really interesting to just think about um, all the variables that, that go into uh, making uh, lines and stuff like that at this time of year. And then on top of it, man, like – I'm telling you, I watch the NFL every week. I don't know how anybody ever makes money on the NFL gambling. And it's funny because, you know, obviously we we do a ton of college football. I love college basketball. It feels like when there's college basketball, when there's 30 games – 
there's got to be one line that's a little bit off. Where right. the NFL, it feels like every single game comes down to the last play, a field goal, or whatever, and then you got to factor in uh, who's motivated, who's not motivated, weather at Lambeau Field tomorrow. It's just, it's just craziness. It really is. All right, uh, taking a look at some of the games. Remember, Steve Fezzik will join us at about 20 past the hour and tell us who he likes. He's the real expert, two-time, not one, two-time Super Contest winner. By the way, how hard is it to be the two-time Super Contest? I think he's the only one out there, right? I believe so, yeah. Wow. Wow. If I was the two-time Super Contest winner, I would wear a sign. I'd wear a T-shirt that let everybody would know how great I was. You know, I'd let everybody know how, how, how my picks were fantastic. That sounds, yeah, that sounds on brand for you. I'd wear a million dollars around my neck. um, (laughs) A couple things uh, about the games this weekend. One of them happens to be the Browns and the Jets. And you're saying, well, what's the big thing about this? One, the Browns still have not clinched a playoff spot. Two, if the Browns do lose their last two games, and I believe they play Pittsburgh next weekend, they could be eliminated from the playoffs altogether. Three, we know the big news, Torres. The Browns are going to be without their four wide receivers and one of their tight ends. They'll bring up a couple of the practice squad players. How much is that going to affect the offense? Right now, Cleveland is minus seven over under of 44. The line was Cleveland minus nine and a half to 10, mostly nine and a half. The over under was 48. Now dropped four full points because, like you said, Cleveland probably going to run the ball a lot. Mm -hmm. They run a lot. I'm in troop a lot of clock, but now it's going to be worse. How do you handicap a game like this? Do you say, give me the Jets plus the points? I think the better way to take it is go on the money line, try to go for the upset like the Jets pulled off against the Rams. And I said three to one odds. You're not going to get three to one odds anymore. You'll probably get plus 210, 220. But I bet you a lot of betters will take the Jets just to win straight out, right? Well, listen, I know this is straight out of Vegas, and and Bernie and the guys and girls have nothing but great insight on this show. This is one I would just stay away from, right? Like, like, like you know, and the 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 sharp gamblers will say you don't have to have action on every game, right? I don't know how you can feel comfortable handicapping this game unless you just feel like the Cleveland Browns all along were going to dominate the line of scrimmage, be able to run the ball at will. But even to your point earlier, when we were doing our show, uh, Arnie, you said something to the effect of now. Now the Jets are going to load the box and force Baker Mayfield to throw to receivers that he doesn't have a ton of experience with. So to me, I know people listen to this show for nothing but winners, but this would be one that I would have to stay away from. Vegas, these are the most scariest games for Vegas. You know that, don't you? Oh, yeah. Well, in it, but it works the opposite way, too, in the sense that like the Jets, when they won outright last week, it broke up every teaser, every parlay, uh, and it was a game that was very beneficial to the Jets, but I know what you're saying, yes. Or for the, well, no, no, what, what I mean about that is, suppose I bet the game two days ago, before the news came out, and I had, let's say, the Jets plus 10. Now it comes out that Cleveland's a six and a half point favorite. I could take Cleveland minus six and a half, and I could middle the game. I've got the middle of seven, eight, nine, tens going to push. Vegas is scared when that that's like having a free bet when you go ahead and try to middle something like that. That's the part that can kill Vegas. Gotcha. I bet you I bet you Fezzik is all but you have to have had a bet already on the game. Yep. Um if you were lucky enough, you know? Yeah, and you would have had to have a bet bet on the Jets, right? For the only way for that to work. Um not necessarily. I think gotcha. you could have had the you could have had Cleveland oh, minus, minus 10. ten. But yes, you're right, because then coming back and taking the Jets 
plus six and a half really doesn't take make any sense, and then you're really not going to middle the game. So you're right. You'd have to have the Jets on that. Um, then you really have to be lucky and be a big-time gambler on something like that. Yeah, well, uh, I, I was yeah. just going to say, too, I'm really curious because both Bernie and Fezzik have talked about um, the stat that I dropped earlier in our show about uh, teams that were double-digit underdogs winning outright and how they're abysmal against the spread the following week. I wonder how Fezzik would would balance the the history and the data that he has with, as you said, kind of the real-world stuff that these teams realize uh, or that these betters realize when they're going up to the window every Sunday. Uh, when we were doing our picks, we talked about the Indianapolis and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's lost three games in a row, and they're certainly going in the wrong direction. They're only a two-point favorite, and I know Indianapolis plays well against Pittsburgh. There's a lot of value here with Pittsburgh. Do you think Pittsburgh's going to lose the last five games uh, and then lose their first round in the playoffs or not even make it at all? Are they not going to turn it around? Is there something really so broke that they can't fix it? I kind of, you know, like you said, stay away from certain games. I think I kind of like Pittsburgh at home. Small number here. And you talk about your back against the wall. When you, What do they say when you... You know, when you have a, a, a caged animal and its back is against the wall, it's coming out fighting. I think Pittsburgh's like that. I, I think Pittsburgh will put up their best game there. Yeah, I agree. And the other thing, too, is it's not as though, like, I don't get the sense that they've quit on their coach or they don't like each other or there's controversy in the locker room. Like, sometimes when, when teams go in the wrong direction, you get that sense. But Mike Tomlin's been there forever. He has the pulse of this team. You believe in Big Ben, obviously, as your starting quarterback. So I do think they've hit the skids. And as I said a minute ago, like, I just think when you get in embarrassed on Monday night football I don't know how you don't come out and have a better showing the following week and I will say India I know statistically and their record wise is pretty good but you know that is a team that you can get back on track against Philip Rivers is playing better but you know he's not impossible to game plan for like a Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson whoever Aaron we talk about the living against the dead Carolina is not going to make the playoffs but of course Washington Washington football team right there um obviously they have to win the division to go now, this is kind of like the living against the dead. Washington, only a one-point favorite at home, and yes, Haskins probably going to be the quarterback. Why are people not all over Washington considering what Ron Rivera has done? He has to beat his old team. I would think that this team would be so pumped up and sky high. I love Washington in this game. Did you hear what you just said? Dwayne Haskins going to be starting in this now, game? Carol isn't like Carolina's going anyplace, though. Yeah, I, I, I do trust Carolina, that coaching staff, the Teddy Bridgewater. Like, I, I do trust them more than Dwayne Haskins. I mean, Dwayne Haskins has been handed this job on a silver platter multiple times, and for lack of a better term, to use a bad pun, he's fumbled it. And but, but Washington has a really good defense, though. I know. But they had a really good defense when he was starting earlier in the year, and it didn't make that much of a difference. He got benched, you know what I'm saying? Right. So you don't you don't like that game or you're going to go with Carolina plus the point in that one? I would probably go Carolina plus the points. Or actually, I'd probably stay away. I mean, you know, because it's what you said earlier, right? And, and that's what makes handicapping at this time of the year so tough. Carolina has nothing to play for. Washington has everything to play for. Um, I guess I would lean Washington. I wouldn't feel good doing it, though. All right. Two teams that do have something to play for. Then Baltimore, 10 and a half, or excuse me, 10 to 9 and a half to 10 point favorite against the Giants. I mean, look, we're, again, question marking at a quarterback. I think it's going to be Colt McCoy. Not so sure that Daniel Jones will get the start. I have to double-check that. Which way do you want to go? Giants look so bad the last couple of games. Baltimore's on a roll. They know they've got to get a little help by the Dolphins losing the Buffalo at the last week. 
they should be focused. They should win this one by what? Two touchdowns going away or what? And didn't the Giants just win at Seattle like what, three weeks ago? Yeah, that that seemed like forever ago, though, you know? Yeah, they're not bad. I mean, 10 feels like a, you know, 9.5, 10 feels like a lot to me in this one, doesn't it to you? Um, Not necessarily. I expected it to be right there. Down the 9.5, it's just that Baltimore's been playing well. They could score. They got such a good defense, and the Giants have trouble scoring. They get down. I don't know how they could catch up to Baltimore. That's a fair counterpoint. I, I guess it, when you put it from that perspective, yeah. If Baltimore's up, you know, twenty-four to six in the oh, second quarter, forget about it. Giants couldn't score to get out of their way. Yeah, so I, I think it'll be competitive. But yeah, this is one again. I, I don't know. See, I you know the Giants. I mean, look, they're still you know. I mean, they're not. Um, they're not in great position to make the playoffs, but they haven't been eliminated, and no. so they have a lot to play for. Uh, I don't know. I, I to me, I, I I would probably stay away and maybe even lean Giants plus the points because they're st- they still have a ton to play for. All right, let's ask the expert. That would be Steve Fezzik. He'll join us next. Two time Super Contest winner in Las Vegas. Who does Fezzik like this weekend? Who does Fezzik like tomorrow? We'll get to that next. Um, Arnie and Aaron sitting in for Bernie Fratto right here on Fox Sports Radio. We have Fezzik. Is Fezzik ready to roll, guys? Let's do it then. Let's go to our guest, two-time, not once, two-time Super Contest winner in Las Vegas. It's Steve Fezzik. Hey, Fez, first thing I want to ask you, okay, what is the longest shot that you ever hit, whether it was like a parlay or money line? What's the longest shot you ever hit? Uh, $200 10-team parlay, 130000 South Point. Wow. Now before wow. now now before one says what the heck are you doing playing a ten teamer and craziness it was on a parlay card with stale numbers so I was like laying three when the line was four etc. Bert Osborne who was then in charge of the South Point classiest guy ever came out shook my hand and said Steve great job uh, I can't have you playing these ten teamers anymore <laughs> really so you're you're kind of, are you banned from playing that or what oh sure you know what's funny is that sports betting is very similar to blackjack in that a skilled player has to not only win but they have to disguise what they're doing somewhat or they will get kicked out and i know there's listeners saying oh that's ridiculous look at the chandeliers and all the lights nobody wins and anyone that feels that way i will make a bet that i can get them not necessarily kicked out but backed off where the sports book won't accept some wagers within 30 minutes Wow. I got to hang out with you. I love it. All right. Let me ask you this. Are these last two weeks of the NFL season the easiest weeks to handicap? And what I mean about that is, shouldn't it be like the living against the dead, even though this didn't work out? Shouldn't I have loved Arizona minus the points against a team like San Francisco who was playing for nothing? What What is it against the spread for teams that have something to play for against teams that are eliminated from the playoff race? Well, the narrative is that you want to bet against the must-win teams. That's what you hear all the time because the databases all say, oh, those must-win teams actually cover less than 50% of the time. Now, the truth is it's perfectly fine to bet on must-win teams. You just got to bet before everybody else does. Example, the Chicago Bears are playing Jacksonville tomorrow. The line is right now anywhere from 7.5 to 8.5. 
if you're going to bet the Bears, for God's sakes, bet them now. Who do you think that the public is going to be betting tomorrow? Well, the Bears only have to win their last two games to be in the playoffs, and Jacksonville has an incentive to lose. So if you are going to bet that game, for goodness sake, don't wait until kickoff and lay 10. Lay the 7.5 now. So, Fezzik, earlier this week you dropped, uh, when you were on with Bernie and myself, uh, some kind of crazy stat about teams like the Jets who have won as double-digit favorites outright and how they're basically abysmal to bet against the spread the following week. Uh, one, I would love for you to drop that nugget, but then two, uh, do, with the news coming out of Cleveland today with the wide receivers, yeah. does that just make this game unplayable for you because the Browns would have been the lean before that, or what, what was the situation there? Yeah, so starting out, any team that wins outright as a 14 or greater point underdog, so a big underdog, they do terrible the next week. How bad? Well, 34% against the spread bad, and that extends all the way to double-digit dogs winning. It's actually 25% if they're 14-plus point dogs. It's 34% if they're a 10-plus point dog. So it makes a lot of sense. You pull, like, the upset of all upsets, and then you basically party all week and you're so happy and the practice is much easier. And then you go out and get whacked because you're not any good. That's why you're a double digit dog in both of the games. And so that negative situation applies to, of course, the Bengals and it applies to the jets. Now, as you mentioned, countering at that, uh, Cleveland has no wide receivers. So do we still trust the Browns? You know what? I think we wait because all the money's coming in against Cleveland. And if it drops South of seven, if we get the six and I think that's the point where we step in right now and go ahead and buy the Browns. Fez, I thought you were supposed to take the Jets on the money line at this point and say, okay, forget the points. I'll take the, what, two, two and a half to one and try to go for the second upset? I, I think the, Brett, the Jets are still celebrating the fact that they won one game. Let's face it, their entire second half of the year, there have been odds. Will the Jets go winless? The Jets were a big favorite to go winless before they finally won that game. So I don't want to bet on a team that just hit their season-long goal for the second half of the year the very next game. I want no part of these Jets. All right, Fez, let me ask you a lot of talk about what's going on with the Steelers. They've lost three in a row. I've heard you say you're not as good as your last game. You're not as bad as your last game. Um, The Colts do have some injuries. A lot of our listeners have brought that up. Which way are you going on this? Do you, do you ever bet against? I mean, they're not looking good. Do you have to? Do you say after three games, you say, okay, they'll turn it around now? What do you do? So I did a complete reevaluation of the Steelers. I gave them a pass for the Washington loss because I said, you know what? Bad spot. Only had five days to get ready. They're up 14 to nothing. Ran out of gas. I gave them a pass when they lost at Buffalo. Hey, they had the lead 7 3 as halftime approached. Again, short week. Gave them a pass. I don't give them a pass for losing to the Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> with their third string quarterback, Ryan Finley, who never had a good game his entire life. He's like a, there's a wrestler called Barry Horowitz. Hasn't won a game his entire life. Hasn't won a match. And then he pinned a guy named Skip. And so that's what happened. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers lost to Barry Horowitz. <laughs> And then I looked at their stats, <laughs> and they're no good. They're like yards per play or that of a slightly above 500 team, and they had the easiest schedule in the NFL. And now I'm saying to myself, what am I doing? They're 0-3. Their stats are lousy. They failed in a home run spot. Do I want any part of this team? <laughs> I tell you what. 
I, maybe the under with both tackles out for Indianapolis. This could be an ugly game. Remember, this is the game last year that Indy got completely – they completely outplayed Pittsburgh, and Minka Fitzpatrick ran back an interception 96 yards. Yes. <laughs> end of the first half that, that wound up stealing the game for Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh got a phony win last year against these guys. I don't want Pittsburgh. Uh, so it sounds like you're staying away from Pittsburgh, but I was going to ask – you know, I obviously just asked a minute ago about a team like the Jets coming off a massive upset and playing really poorly the following week. What about teams like the Steelers uh, that were on the other side of that? Historically, and I know you're not on the Steelers tomorrow, but historically, do teams like that play better when they were kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, embarrassed as double-digit favorites losing outright? You know, we did look at it, and there was nothing of any statistical significance. So on the flip side, you would think that the team that just got embarrassed absolutely would, would bring it strong. And if you had to play it, that's the way to go. But it's nothing near as strong as the other way of fading the team that got the massive upset. Something I never thought I would say on this show. Let's talk some math. Um, you, you must have seen the Raiders-Dolphins game. Mathematically, didn't the Raiders have a 99.9% chance of winning the game when they kicked the field goal with 19 seconds left? Isn't that what you want? Um, there was three options. Kick the field goal with 19 seconds left, go up by two, um, go up by five with a minute 20 left, but the other team's got to score a touchdown, no timeouts, or you go up by seven because you got the two-point conversion, and the other team's got to get the touchdown and the extra point just to send it in overtime. It didn't work out for them, but mathematically, isn't that the, what you were supposed to do or no? All right, I could write a I, absolute master's thesis on this and spend a year. I'm going to break it down in 45 seconds, and I feel right. like I'm that chick Cassandra in Troy that kept telling everybody, you know, that, that there's Greeks in that Trojan horse, and no one listens to me, so it won't matter. Um, first off, Gruden's a very good coach, but he has no idea what he's doing with analytics, because earlier in the game, he kicked a field goal from the two-yard line, and that's yeah. never, ever correct, unless it's the very end of the game. All right, having said that, it's a slam dunk the way he played the end game to take the field goal and run the clock down. Beautiful. Played that perfectly, so he goes for, I don't have the exact numbers, he probably goes from like a 90% chance to like a 95% chance to win um, running out the clock. Now, once he makes the field goal, it doesn't become 99.9% of the time. Guess what? Um, I know ESPN and all these um, yeah, yeah. these fake mathematicians are talking about like historically, you know, teams only win 0.1 percent. It's the NFL in 2020. It's not 1995 anymore when the final scores are 17 to 13. No one can stop anyone, and if you breathe on a guy, you get a flag call. So <laughs> it was probably about 98 and a half percent. Having said that, and no one will ever listen to me, you don't kick the ball out of the end zone. You kick the ball to the two-yard line. You know how often a guy runs a kickback for a touchdown? Never. Never. Right. right. And, if he, and if he's going to, you just grab him by the face mask if you need to. You tell your guys, do whatever, whatever it takes. And, um, and then pursue to that with 19 seconds left, and no one does this. I'm sorry, I'm going on such a rant. That's okay. You play ultra-physical. You rough up all the wide receivers. Um, not blatantly, but um, you, uh, you, get, you, you get a little tug on the jersey. You make it very difficult for them to run their routes. All right, the yellow canaries fly. So what? It's not intentional. It's five yards. It's defensive holding. Nobody does that. Think about it. You take two defensive holding calls, and, you're, and they're on their own 35, and they can lateral it 17 times or throw a Hail Mary to the 10-yard line. You have no chance of losing if you just follow that strategy, yet nobody does. And I don't understand. 
Not true. Harbaugh does sometimes, but it's very <laughs> rare. And Belichick does. And why coaches like um, Gruden, who are ten times smarter than me, are such dummies? I, I tell you, it's an indictment of the University of Dayton. It really is. <laughs> I love it. He's Steve Fezzik. Oh, I love it. The not one but two-time uh, Super Contest winner. Do, any games we missed? Uh, any anyone you want to hit before we let you go? You know, I just think that it's fascinating that Philly is already laying three against Dallas. So, my goodness, is Deshaun Jackson really that valuable that they're suddenly on the road laying three? I don't have a side on that game, but I just thought it was interesting that it went that high. I love it. All right, Fez, always a pleasure, my friend. Enjoy uh, tomorrow. We'll see how it does, and uh, we'll speak to you later on. If the Chicago Bears just win the game, you guys are comped in Vegas whenever you want to go, but the Bears have to win. Oh, I love I'm it. in. I'm in. I'm in. Go there Bears. Go. Steve Fezzik, I love it. Thanks a lot, Steve Fezzik, everybody. Now we got something to root for, that's for sure. All right, uh, we're going to get Sleepy's best pick. That's coming up next. Uh, but first, the B Fen is in the house. I sent the Sager home early. I'm oh, how nice of you. Softy. B Fen, what's happening out you there? You are softer friend? on the waist, but continue. Wow. You know what's not happening, Arnie? Your Arizona Wildcats football team. How many losses in a row? Uh, How many? Fif- 10 or 15. I don't remember anymore. 10. 10. It's okay. A- it's okay. They hired a Patriots assistant. That always works out so Quarterback well. Quarterback coach. Quarterback coach. <laughs> yeah, let's get it straight. Guys, yeah. you remember when the Raiders were 6-3? and three? Yeah, it seems blasphemy to even consider that because Las Vegas is now 7-8. and eight. The Dolphins, the latest benefactors of the Raiders' demise, belting in a 44-yard field goal as time expires to deflate Vegas 26-25 the final. My Miami quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick subbed in for Tua Tungavailoa to engineer that game-winning drive late. The Dolphins got into field goal range thanks to a Vegas 15-yard face mask penalty. Here's Raiders head coach John Gruden, who was left rolling his eyes and forced to watch his team blow another lead. Terrible way to lose a game. Um, Really admire the way we compete, but until we start closing out games, We'll continue to be disappointed. That's a reflection on me. The Raiders are officially eliminated from the postseason. The 49ers elsewhere on Saturday, powered by a third-string quarterback in C.J. Beathard. He chucked three touchdown passes to emasculate the Cardinals 20-12. Arizona now needs some help to make the postseason. They are 8-7. and seven. The Cards turn the ball over two times. The Buccaneers reaching the postseason for the first time since 2007 after incinerating the Lions 47-7. The Lions defense allowing close to 600 yards, the second-highest total in franchise history. Tom Brady, another day with 348 yards passing, seamlessly destroying that Lions secondary for four touchdown passes. In college football, 23rd-ranked Liberty blocks the field goal to stop number nine, Coastal Carolina, 37-34 in a heart-pounding finish in overtime at the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl. In the NBA, James Harden turns the ball over on the final possession as the Rockets in their season opener keel to the Blazers 128-126 in overtime. Harden did pump out 44 points and 17 assists in his much-anticipated debut. He said afterwards that he needs to work on his playing shape, and I think we all could see that from the video. Definitely has shape. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Finally, guys, the Timberwolves defense tightens up late to dismiss the Jazz 116-111, and the Kings 
Servanel to the Suns, 106-103. How about Sacramento's De'Aaron Fox with 24 points and seven assists? Let's get it back to Arnie Spanier and Aaron Torres. And Aaron, take it easy on Arnie. You're beating him in every single debate. Wow. A little bit more even, will you? Brian, wow. you get a raise, Fen. You get a raise. <laughs> no wonder fed. the Bentley Fanatics love you so much. From and hate the, Arnie for that matter, too. From the hood of Malibu. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Just go to geico.com or give them a call. 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. In a second, we're going to get the Sleepy's Best Pick. I just want to read uh, what... Um, Mike wrote in, who said, Steve is a gambling genius. I won a couple of G last year just slopping up his info. So, um, yeah, he uh, he seems like he knows what he's doing. I guess we're pulling for the Bears uh, tomorrow. Are we not, uh, Torres, or what? Yeah, I was a little confused as to why. I mean, I guess because he got a good number on them. And no, so- well, he's he, gamblers like Fezzik, what they probably do is they, they also tease the games, and what they'll do is they'll pick the Bears minus one or minus sure. two. Um, if the line was eight, they'll do the seven-point teaser, and that means the Bears only really just have to win, which I do like the Bears. I, I think they'll cover the spread, and I think, because, like you said, Jacksonville has a reason to lose the game, and the Bears have a reason to win. Usually, like today, Air, um, San Francisco didn't have a reason to lose. They just went out and played and had fun, um, but Arizona had a reason to win. Jacksonville wants to lose because they want to get that number one pick, Aaron. Yeah, no, it, it all makes perfect sense. Yeah. I, I just, I wonder if Fezzik knows that I live in LA and I could literally be there tomorrow. So, <laughs> you know, I could be there Monday morning, you know, knocking on his door. So poor guy, but. All right. The Sleepy has given his best pick. This is who Sleepy likes tomorrow. All right, guys, NFL Week 16 best bet. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do a seven-point teaser this weekend with the Bears and the Browns. Essentially, we're getting both teams at pick em. I think both of these games are about motivation. You know, the Jaguars, they got gifted the number one pick from the New York Jets and the Bears. Well, they're still fighting for a playoff spot after the Cardinals lost the game today. And I believe that gives the Bears a little bit more hope here. And the Jaguars, they're going to go ahead. They're going to decide to start Mike Glennon over Gardner Minshew. I think the writing is on the wall of what the Jaguars are trying to do. They are prepared to go ahead and take Lawrence with the number one pick. And the Bears, I believe they have advantages at almost every position group in this game on both sides of the ball. Now, also go ahead. I'll take the Browns to just go ahead and win the game here with our teaser. I think it's a letdown look-ahead spot here for the Jets. Now, give the Jets credit. You know, they won the game last week against the L.A. Rams, but now it's a road trip back east. It's a letdown after that Rams win and it's now a look ahead for the Jets with the Patriots on deck in Foxborough. The Jets goal this season was to win just one game and they did that and the Browns now they're looking towards the playoffs and a win here will certainly help them out. I know they are shorthanded at the wide receiver position but I don't believe they need much more than Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to get a win here. Factor in Baker Mayfield He's just been on a tear as of lately. So, guys, my NFL Week 16 best bet, seven-point teaser, Bears and the Browns. All right. Thanks a lot, Sleepy. Um, everybody on the uh, on the Bears. Boy, if the Bears don't win, a lot of people are going to be disappointed, Torres. No doubt about that. Huh? I was going to say, you must have pre-heard that segment uh, because you basically just set up exactly what he talked about right before we threw to the sound. So. Oh, what, oh I, I, I didn't know he was going to talk about that. I, usually when he does his picks, uh, it's either just like one game against the line or a parlay. It's never a teaser, but that's just based on what Fezzik said. That's what I got the, you know, that's what I was thinking everybody was doing. They're all jumping on um, the Bears. 
and to just go ahead and win the game. Though I, I'm not a teaser guy. I don't like teasers at all, to be honest with you. I don't like the fact that I got to win two games, even with the adjusted line, just to break even. So I, I prefer the parlay um, over the teaser. I'm not a big teaser fan, but when you have a game like that, and as he said, they're gonna. You can tell Jacksonville's just rolling over. Switch it quarterback. Um, they want the number one pick. They want to take Lawrence. Bears are on the uh, not only the playoffs on the line. They have the last playoff spot, and they'll get in if they win their last two games. It could, it could be a three touchdown victory. I, I can't see how Jacksonville is going to keep this game close. You know. I was just going to say, imagine if Jacksonville did win outright. I I, I can't. I can't. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to see the scenario. No, it's hard to see the scenario. I'm just saying how crazy it would be, and I know there's no real Vegas angle to it, but uh, you know the the ramifications that there would be, especially obviously assuming that the Jets were to lose. Uh, but no, I'm with you, and, and you know obviously Fezzik and Sleepy are both two really sharp guys, and 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 I see why they're on that angle. Uh, but I'm with you, man. It's really hard to see the scenario with Jacksonville winning that game outright. Um, another game that we haven't talked a lot about was the Rams and the Seahawks. Seahawks are one point favorite, and you know we saw what happened to the Rams. I don't understand why people have not jumped on Seattle where that line has changed. I, I thought that Seattle would have been about a three and a half point favorite, so it's it's above that field goal and a hook. It opened up two, and I thought all the money were going to come in on them, and went the other way. And went to the Rams. Shows you how much I know. They're going actually the opposite to be over on the 47, which I can see it right around there. Maybe the unders to play there. But shouldn't everybody be taking Seattle at home? Um, or am I, am I way off base on this one, Torres? Um, well, you are, and I'll tell you why. A couple things. Yeah. First of all, I believe if my, my stats are correct, including earlier this season, Sean McVay is, I think, 6-1 and one against yes. the Seahawks. And by the way, the one loss, basically they lost at the end of regulation last year on a last second field goal. I, you know, I talked to somebody who I really respect, who's kind of in the Vegas field as well. And what they said was, you know, the, the, the Rams have a defense that's uniquely suited to shut down the Seahawks the way they're constructed. Cause you have Aaron Donald blowing everything up in the middle. You have Jalen Ramsey that can basically one of the few cornerbacks that can cover DK Metcalf one-on-one. Um, so that is why I think that, uh, people like it. But again, you know, the, the, the Rams are not only coming off a bad loss, but you know, you know how they play and, and, you know, Jared Goff. If you get behind, he's not a guy that, that can go score for score with Russell Wilson. So um, I could see why – I could see, frankly, why both sides, why people were on both sides. I would lean Rams in this game, though. Coming up next, though, Mackinac Sports with Mackenzie Rivers. We'll take a look at his NBA power rankings. That's coming up next right here on Fox Sports Radio. Wow, the show's just flying on by. Let's get to Mackinac Sports with Mackenzie Rivers. Take a look at his NBA power rankings. How are you doing, Mac? What up, guys? Good to join you guys on a Saturday night. How you feeling? We're feeling good. Tell me about these NBA ratings. I'm I'm looking at the rankings. I got a few questions right off the bat, so go ahead. Well, these are about who's going to win a game right now. I have my own separate ratings for who might win in a playoff series. But I think right now, you look at the whole picture, you look at the last couple of years, I don't think any team should be favored by more points than the Milwaukee Bucks. Right now, you look at their team last year, a lot of talent. They consolidated, so they're less deep, but their starting five is even better than the historic record-setting starting five that they had last year, winning every game by 10 points plus per game. When you put that in the factor, do you also say, okay, because they got eliminated last year, so them and the Clippers and teams like that have more to prove and more to show, so they'll cover more games where the Lakers are going to be resting people, or that doesn't play into a factor here? 
Well, Arnie, you're almost describing exactly my handicap opening night, why I think the Clippers were a great bet plus three. So, yes, I do think there are individual uh, moments of motivation where I think the Clippers, like against the Nuggets, where they just got eliminated, they want to show them what's up. I think individually there are moments of motivation, but in general with power ratings, I want to keep it as strictly uh, platonic ideal of what these teams are like on a given night without considering motivation. All right. So, like, who, like who's your top five then? So I like the Milwaukee Bucks, number one. Right behind them, just a snid, is the L.A. Lakers. A lot of talent, but they got to put it together. The Clippers, I think, are right there. And this team, I think... I think I think they're going to win the championship. Honestly, if you put me on a lie detector test, the Brooklyn Nets right now—it's only been two games, but they could not have been more impressive. I think those four set themselves far apart from the rest of the league. And I was going to ask you, Mackenzie, because that was what immediately jumped out to me: how quickly are you willing to adjust these rankings? Because uh, you know, Brooklyn, obviously, we all had expectations for, but as you just alluded to, I, I think personally, in my opinion, they've blown out any expectations that I had going into the season. Right. And this is a season like we haven't seen before. So I think actually this week I'll be adjusting my power rankings at a far faster clip than any time the rest of the season. For example, those Brooklyn Nets, I thought they were about as good as the Nuggets or the Heat. You know, one of those second tier teams coming in after two games, you put them on a neutral floor with the Heat. There's a clear favorite. Uh, I think they're two points better than I expected already. You have the Boston Celtics as your seventh best team. You have Philadelphia as your ninth best team. What would happen if one of those teams got James Harden? How far up the the ladder would they move? They'd enter that top four category with the Nets and the Lakers and the Clippers. James Harden, for all of his faults, for all of his uh, picadillos, you give the man a basketball, there's four or five people better that have been able to do something with it with the kind of consistency that he has. And the Sixers, they have everything that you need, defense, ball handling, but they don't have that guy at the end of the game. You give him the ball, you say, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know it's going to be something good because you have the ball in your hands. They miss that guy. They lack that guy. I think if the Sixers want to win a championship this year, they got to bend over backwards to try to get James Harden on that squad. Uh, Mackenzie, one team that stands out to me, I think it's probably the first time any host has ever talked about this team on Fox Sports <laughs> Radio. The Atlanta yeah, Hawks, fifth best team in the East. Is that what I'm seeing wow. here? The Atlanta Hawks are another one of those teams where through two games, yes, it's only been two games, short sample size, but they're answering all the questions ahead coming into the beginning of the year. Trey Young is not Steph Curry. But if you look at his last two games, he's like Steph Curry on steroids. He's scoring 40 points a game, <laughs> shooting 50% from three. It's not going to happen throughout the season, but even even if he's 50% of that, that kind of offensive firepower coming from your point guard is something to behold. And they have the guys like Rondo. They have the veterans like um, J- Josh Collins who are going to be able to do a lot of the things that Trey Young can't do yet at a young uh, you know, some people call him the worst defensive player in the history of the league. That might be true. <laughs> so if they can fill in some of those gaps, I think this is going to be a team that competes in the East for sure. Mac, a quick 30 seconds. How bad are the Bulls if the Warriors are a three-point favorite tomorrow in <laughs> Chicago, huh? Uh, are you talking about my Bulls? You know, I'm from Chicago. I used to go yeah. to the United Center, hang out, try to scalp a ticket. Um, I, I think if I try to scalp a ticket outside the United Center, they might say, hey, buddy, here's here's one for on the house. Here's one for free. <laughs> it's tough times out here in the Midwest of Chicago. 
there's just there's nothing to look forward to. I mean, Zach Levine's a great player. He'll be like a terrific, amazing dunk contest player, but he's not going to help anybody win games. So unfortunately, I think that line is about right. I think the Warriors, even how bad they've been, are significantly better than than Chicago. It's going to be a rough one for us uh, seven seven three boys down the stretch. Mackenzie Rivers, everybody, Mackin on Sports. We got to wrap things up. Got to thank Laker Don, Kevin DeSager, B. Finn, my partner Torres. Wow. Um, I'm back uh, tomorrow, yes, with Plank, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 8 p. to 11 p. Pacific. Jason Martin coming up next. Stick around for him. Does a great show. You want to hear what he has to say next on Fox Sports Radio.